Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Welcome to the Dreamcatchers, Bola. Actually, I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a minute because you say your name so much nicely, more nicely than I do. But thank you for being here. Um, welcome back to everyone listening today. Today is Wednesday, June already. Wow. June 3rd. Crazy. And I was saying right before we came on air, the reason we're a couple minutes late is we were all trying to finish up some sort of either math lesson reprimand, lunch prep, something right before we were trying to get on this air. In fact, dark to secret, I was looking for a new chair for my bed. For I'm in my bedroom. That's where I broadcast from. And usually I sit on my son's desk chair and he needed it right now. So I was standing. So I, at cool. 11, like, oh, oh, I was looking for a folding chair. So anyway, welcome back to the Dreamcatchers, everyone. So happy to be here today. Again, my name is Jamie, my sister Marissa below me. I don't know actually on your screen what you see. And today we are so thrilled to have our guest um, who we will have introduce herself in just a moment, Um, but wanted to just quickly introduce the fact of how she got to us today. We just talked a little bit about this offline, but want to say it on air. Um, This is our first guest who has been pitched to us as I guess influencers, <laughs> uh, which is what we're trying to do, micro influencers, <laughs> uh, to interview by our dear friends at Brand Groupies, um, Carrie and Lauren. And I actually wanted to just say a quick shout out to Carrie Balog, who, as we've said multiple times over the course of the last year and a half, is the reason we have a podcast. She interviewed us first. That's amazing. And she introduced us to Ming at Shared Universe, which is who does our sound. And that is why we're here. So it is almost very appropriate that our first guest in this new, you know, wave of how we've grown is somebody that she introduced us to. So welcome to you. Hi, Maris, by the way. Thank you. Um, And would love to have you introduce yourself to our audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for having me today. It it was nice to get dressed and put on some makeup (laughs) from the PJ's look. And of course, just to talk to other adults. Um, Thank you to Carrie and Lauren. They are my girls. Um, I'm glad that we are able to make this happen today. Uh, So my name is Bolanle williams Ali, but you guys can call me Bola. Ola is good. Um, I'm the chief financial officer at Mancini Duffy. So Mancini is an architectural firm. 
100 plus year old, even though we are in our own phase of, you know, leadership there right now. But it's a historic firm with that we're really trying to, to do great things. We do, we do a lot of stuff with technology right now and how that influences architecture. But for me, I'm more concerned with the money. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Aren't we all? We are we all? I have to. You, just, you, just, you just know how to manage it a little better than us, but we're all concerned. <laughs> we're all concerned about the money. So, um, but it's, it's been a fun ride. And, and I guess we'll go into that a little bit later. I also have um, a slew of things that I do. Um, I'm very interested in, you know, a lot of purpose to impact projects that I have. So I have my nonprofit, which is She Builds Lives. Um, I'm originally from Nigeria. And so I do a lot of nonprofit work over there with um, in low income communities uh, with for education. Um, I also crochet when I have time, I crochet and donate um, items to, you know, NICUs or kids with cancer. So I, that's the way I give back here in the States um, and also for kids back, back home too. So that's been a, it's been a fun ride. We've been in existence now seven years. This is my seventh year. So it's, it's great. And then I have She Builds Waves, which is my women empowerment um, collective within the um, design industry. I started out a year ago. So when I became CFO and moved up into leadership, I really wanted uh, to create space for women uh, within the industry to come talk about anything and everything that will help us make waves in our careers and beyond. So that's She Builds Waves. <laughs> um, I also have <laughs> Reach Nigeria, which is a connector hub between people and causes back home. So one of the things that I found out, found out was that um, a lot of people wanted to give back to organizations or causes they were interested in, but they didn't necessarily have a place or know where to begin. And so about four years ago, I was like, it'd be really cool if... I was interested in supporting, um, you know, mothers or looking to support children in low-income communities in a particular state in Nigeria, and I could go to this one resource and find that. And so we promote causes and community service opportunities, um, events um, that you might want to attend, or if you want to give money to. <laughs> um, resource. And yeah. find that. And so you know, so... Oh, am I echoing? Can you hear me, guys? No, oh, because I'm trying to go on our Facebook live feed so that in case we okay. get questions. Questions, and, yeah. Um, you'd think after like 15 times of doing this from home, I'd understand how to do that without you hearing yourself. So sorry about that. that oh, was my no bad. problem. Okay, no problem. Yes. Yeah, so anyways, a bunch of things and we can go further into it. Um, and I'm a, of course, I'm a mom of two. I'm a wife. Um, I love DIY themed parties. So we, I am currently planning my daughter's mini kindergarten party for four. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. myself, my husband, <laughs> her and her brother that I'm going to do a little cute setup. It's um, lemonade themed. For, Isn't for, that okay. appropriate since here we are making lemonade Yes, um, I love all that. And honestly, Lauren, actually, when she she wrote to us about you, she called you something that Marissa and I pride ourselves on being as well, which is a multi hyphenate, which I absolutely yes. love that term. Yes. And we might have to steal that. Um, in fact, as Marissa and I can can tell you, when we wrote our bio, we were like, and then we're also and then we also mm -hmm. and then we also and we're like, is this? appropriate should we tailor this or edit this in some way so 
from other two other women doers to another welcome and uh thank you about all those things I, today. I don't think i don't think you do enough what's for dinner yeah <laughs> also, also <laughs> do I, I have a feeling you're going to tell me that you're also love to cook and you plan out no, all no no so that, oh, that is where you know you will not find me i the mundane having to clean my house having to cook have it like it's keep it simple stupid my kids my daughter loves pasta so if she says she wants pasta tonight that's it but I haven't thought that far. I don't know what we're having for dinner yet. You know what? Now, now I love you even more. Now, now we like you even more. We figure it out right before. Because who has the Listen, time? I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. Good to know. All right. So at least, at least we definitely like you a step more now. But we are the right. same as you. And, um, you know, admittedly, we did our research on you before we spoke. And I saw that you, you ran several side hustles. I love, love, love that. And Marissa and I both are similar and cut from very mm-hmm. similar cloth. So likely why the girls at Brand Group Beast thought we'd make a good uh, match it, today yeah. to chat. Um, yep. I love it. Marissa, you want to kick it off with our questions? Yes, I, um, I'm thinking about, you know, where we are today and, and, and your incredible career. I obviously looked, uh, you know, when you're professionally having a conversation with somebody, you can say that you've looked up the person and you've researched them. Mm-hmm. Um, in this moment, I feel like it's completely okay for me to tell you that I was literally stalking all of your profiles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm obsessed. Uh, I think, you know, in light of um, life, life as we know it, or the journey that we know it is, is, is tough enough as it is. And when you, when you are able to cross paths with someone that has light and is trying to use it, share it, inspire mm-hmm. others and ignite it, I'm immediately, um, it fills my bucket for lack of a better yeah. way of putting it. I, I am inspired by other people that like to inspire. So, you know, and I also think it's really important for people. We traditionally interview people that are, are professionals. Um, and we talk about their story. Um, and, my daughter's in the background. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> we love her too. We get it. Uh, yes. And I, my, my kids will definitely come in at any time, yes. even though I told them not to, but I have older kids. My so door's it's locked. Different my door's locked. Sorry. Figured uh, out. Can you say hi? Bye. Hi. Hi. Hi, sweetie. Hi. You have a, oh someone has a birthday coming so up, have, I heard. Um, so Thank cute. you. All right. By the way, when's your birthday? Uh, So it's it's my birthday? Hers. So it's her kindergarten graduation. Oh, her graduation. Got it. Yes, graduation. Shirley. Got it. it. Daddy's calling you. Give mommy, give mommy, oh, Pinky Promise? Yeah. Pinky Promise. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is life as we know it now. Yes. This is life as we know it now. This is, is what it is. By the way, it's the best kind. Anyway, yes. when, we, when, I look, when I look at someone that's managing all this different stuff, you know, mm-hmm. usually we're just talking about career, right? And we talk about, yes. you know, your story and how you, how you moved up and whatnot. But the truth is, is anyone with a, a true creative soul tends to have multiple side hustles, which is what Jamie and I have discovered through the years. Mm-hmm. And um, you've proved that. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure when you're crocheting right now in right now. So not right now. Not right now. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I think the fact that you are able to service and also have a financial mind, which is the story that we're going to talk about 
a little bit. And then we can kind of also say, you know, perhaps on the way you also needed to enrich or fulfill your soul in different ways, which I think is really, really helpful for other people. Um, and I hate to say the words, especially now, but I feel like we're going to come out of where we're at right now. And professionally, there's going to be a lot of opportunity that perhaps was not there before. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe everybody else can kind of, it would be nice if everybody else could kind of catch up to the, to the other people like me and Jamie and you that have been doing a lot of things. And I don't necessarily do it all gracefully, but I, it's what I love. The other thing I want yeah. to say before I dive in into your, your big unpacking of your history and your <laughs> story is I am trying to sit down and write a piece about how I am in my life. Um, Jamie as well, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I think I already am. Um, I am the person. I am the person. If you want something done, you give it to a busy person. Like, I am that definition. If you look up that analogy, you're going to see Jamie in my face, like next mm -hmm. to the expression. And right now, I am having a lot of trouble with that. Um, and I guess that I should be graceful with it, but I think I wanted to kind of make sure that we talk about how after we're talking about all the things that you've done, how it feels right now to be doing all those things. So that's all. Um, because yeah. I, I need to hear it is my point. So most yes. importantly, we like, we like to start, just so you know, we have two different arms of our podcast. One, we created these um, at the beginning of 2019. At the end of 2018, when we first launched, it was just us talking to each other about career and just topics mm -hmm. that would come up in the office. And then we started to interview others. And we found that the people that we are kind of targeting are people who now are targeting us, whoop, whoop, just a little mm -hmm. yes, for us one yes. more time, um, are people who are career minded. And a word that we actually heard yesterday on a LinkedIn uh, webinar uh, that we went to through CEW, which is a cosmetic executive women um, organization, was is called an intrapreneur, which I thought was such a mm -hmm. cool word. Um, yes. Instead of the entrepreneur or the mm -hmm. you know, um, new grad or all these other areas of life that are being focused on in these networking groups, on these podcasts, um, you know, how I built this, things like that. Mm -hmm. We wanted to talk to people who just were killing it in their, quote, regular yeah. job. Like, yeah. regular, yeah. like not, not coming up with the biggest, best idea, because guess what? I feel like the media focuses on everybody that's having like a, a brainwave, you know, what about the rest of us yeah. that are just trying to yeah. hustle? Totally. Anyway. And so we, we launched this and then we, so we, we, this particular arm is called what's your story. Um, we also have what's the word so that we can talk to those that maybe did start something new or who inspire mm -hmm. us also. And we can talk about, you know, how that inspires us, but really the what's your story angle is just understanding how you got to where you are, obviously mm -hmm. as a mom of two young children and a successful um, executive, we love to hear, you know, how you do it all. Um, so as part of that, the, what we usually start out with is kind of being that we're dreamers and the, you know, the title of our podcast is the dream catchers. We like to talk about what we dreamed of being when we were growing up. So I wanted mm -hmm. to hear from you, you know, what did you, obviously it sounds like you said that you, you grew up in Nigeria. would love to hear, you know, what you wanted to be when you grew up and, I'm guessing a CFO of an architecture design firm wasn't the answer. Some of the things you're going to say likely will lead us to kind of making sense of yes. what you do now. So tell us exactly. that answer. 
first of all, I just want to say thank you also for just sharing some more about why you started this. And I feel like I'm at home with my fellow <laughs> dreamers and doers, right? We're both yeah. dreamers, but then we execute, which is, which is the big difference. And I also wanted to just quickly touch base on what you had said. So probably for us, pre-COVID, we were on the go, on the go, on the go. And you made a comment about people catching up. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends and I said to her, I said, like, I feel like this period for those of us who are usually, who going is our norm, even if we're not necessarily creating new things right now, that this might be the period for us to really fine tune those things, right? So you might not necessarily be putting something um, out externally, but you're working to fine tune all those things that you were working mm -hmm. on prior. It, and then, you, right? So yes, there's the slowdown that we might not necessarily be used to, but it's, it's what you said. It's giving people who, who are also now getting, you know, being inspired, who needed this stillness to come up with new ideas. It's also giving them a chance to catch up or get on their own, get on their own path. So it's very interesting, right? I, you see a lot of people who are creating now, or you see people who are, who are quiet, but then they they're resting. Necessarily mean they're yeah. resting, right? Because I, you know, was I, I would say that I, I, I'm joked in my family that I can't, um, I am difficult because I can't find, I struggle finding peace and joy sometimes because it's like I'm resting and I feel like I should be doing and then what I'm doing, I feel like I should be resting. So I don't have social FOMO. I have like personal, personal mm -hmm. FOMO. Like I don't know yeah. what to do first. And I think yeah. it, it is helpful to allow hustlers, right? Or, or you want to mm -hmm. call it like a, we just move. Uh, the grace of saying, I'm still moving. I'm just not moving at the pace that I normally would. And I also yeah. am guiltily, and guilty only for me, not in general, but like, I, I'm happy about it. I feel good yes. about not hustling yeah. so much. I needed, I needed the stillness. I just hope that I will look back on this chapter and I'm speaking to anybody else that feels the same way mm -hmm. as me. I want to look back on this and know that I actually did rest-ish and then I did yes. fine tune ish um, Yes, yeah. You know, and I, I will say, I, I want to hear, considering I think you, you mentioned before that you grew up elsewhere, I want to tell you that one of my side hustles that I don't talk about that much, but I wrote children's books about what you want to be when you grow up um, uh, several years ago, and it's my wow. kid's favorite thing that I did, and it's yes. targeted for five and four, which I guess is the, your kid's age. And yes. it comes from the fact that Jamie and I have always deduced that people end up using their skills, whether they know it or not. So yes. we're coming back to what you were saying. We were asking, coming back, yes. <laughs> what, coming back what did you want to be when you grew up? Yes. When you were five so years get, old, what was the what Let was me the tell goal? you something. I wanted to be a linguist. <laughs> So interesting. I was fascinated with languages when I was little. So I think like that was one of my first, one of my first memories. I was like, how is it that people speak so many different languages and can understand each other? I wish I could, you know, speak multiple languages. So I was very fascinated with it. Um, however, right now I only speak English fluently, even if I grew up in Nigeria and my, you know, my, my language is Yoruba and Shakiri, the two parts that I'm from, I understand them fluently. I just don't speak fluently. So it's, it's very interesting for me to be where I am now. 
then from linguist, it shifted to medicine. I was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to help people. And then I think I saw blood. So I got queasy. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, and then, so those are my first two earliest memories. And then, you know, um, getting into high school. So the way our high school worked back in Nigeria, JS uh, junior secondary one to three is seventh through ninth grade here. And once you are done with that, when you're going into 10th grade, they either put you on the science track or on an art, art, you know, art creative track. And um, then they, they don't ask you necessarily, oh, what do you want to be? But they just look at what you excel in. And one of the things that I've always done excellently at um, with ease was math. And so clearly they just put me in the science track. Still then, I didn't know what I wanted to be. Um, uh, finished high school, graduated. And then, of course, my mom, you know, God bless her. She, she wanted to give me a better opportunity. So my mom went to college here. She went to Rutgers, did her um, bachelor's and her MBA at Rutgers. So she wanted to provide, you know, good schooling for me. And she's like a certified New Yorker. When she's here, she is never in my house. She's always out on the street. Um, so it. she wanted me to come to, yeah, she wanted me to come. She's very self, like, she does her own thing, which, which I like too. <laughs> um, so she wanted me to come to school here. So I went to Hunter College. Now, when I was applying, right, filling out the box, well, what is your first degree? Um, I was talking to an uncle of mine and I was like, oh, you know, I don't really know what to fill out. What should I do? And he was like, oh, why don't you think about computer engineering? And so, yes, I was like, okay, I'm going to do computer engineering. <laughs> got to Hunter, literally, <laughs> literally. Um, got to Hunter College. Mind you, again, for me, it, my strong suit then was math. But I was like, who goes to college and studies math? If you study math, you're just going to end up teaching. I don't know if I want to do that. I want to work in, in a, you know, I want to have a career. So let me do computer engineering. What I did not want to be was an accountant. You know why? Because my mom was an accountant. So I was like, I want to be on a different track than her. I, I, will, I will do engineering. Came here, did engineering. At, uh, sorry, took one semester of physics. And I was like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. No, <laughs> no thanks. So, so you're saying so, that your math brain was not a physics brain? My, you're, you're still going to laugh because my final thesis ended up doing something in physics. It is hilarious. My whole path and how everything has woven is hilarious. Maybe my brain at that first semester could not handle physics 101, but I could handle it at a different level from a math perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, so, so, but that was, so when I took that physics class and it didn't work out, um, I know I've, I've kind of like fast forwarded from, from start, but um, when I took that physics class and I knew it wasn't going to work out, I remember picking up the phone and calling my mom and I was like, listen, um, I'm not going to do physics anymore. I want to do math, right? This is what I love. This is what I'm good at. I will do a computer science minor, you know, so that's the justification, right? That there's a track. Mm -hmm. There was a track pass. Once I graduated, I was like, um, you know, I want to do computers. I'll do a computer science minor and we'll figure it out. That, that literally was how I went from linguist to science to math and graduated with a math degree. You know, I think, I think you might've had me at linguist because I don't know if I've ever used that word in a sentence. I <laughs> want to know why. 
I went to Michigan and as we all at college know, there's like those classes that are like the easy ones. You're like, just put that in your schedule in addition mm-hmm. to all the other stuff. And so there was this class called Linguistics 101. That, oh my God. Yeah. that was like a known thing that if you took was like an easy A to like help with your GPA. Uh-huh. And I, I registered with a bunch of friends and admittedly, and I'm not just saying this to like butter you up. I was fascinated by it. It was amazing. Yeah. Yes, I got yeah. the easy A, but I loved it. And it's funny because I think about it often now when I'm teaching as you now are a kindergarten teacher, Bola, as we know, as I am a second grade teacher and a preschool teacher. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sitting with my second grader as Marissa is a second grade teacher as well. We, and they're, they're having to do what they call like foundations, which is like where they're learning the different mm-hmm. sounds of all the words. Mm-hmm. And my son will be like, so wait, O-U and O-W make the same Mm -hmm. sound? Like, why is this word spelled like this and this word spelled like that? And I want to be like, you know what, bro? I don't know. English is wildly confusing. (laughs) Like, if you actually think about it, English is so hard. And some of the other languages, like Spanish, for example, make so much Mm -hmm. sense. There's a word. And then you conjugate it into different tenses and that's it. There's no like yep. brought, 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 like different, di- you know. Um, so I think that it's really interesting that you felt like that at such a young age. What an interesting thing to have like discovered about yourself. But I can understand that now as a grown up, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, maybe there was some, I, I think I remember like, you know, the Bible story of Babel and like how the people all spoke one language and then they, and they had to learn different, how to communicate. Like, so who knows like how all those little things, you know, fed into it. But, and also though, let me go back one step. Also, Nigeria is very rich. We have well over um, 500 different languages, um, meaning even dialects within languages. So just that also, and I grew up in Lagos. Lagos is a melting pot, similar to New York. There's just so many different people, Yoruba, Hausa, Igbo, Ishakiri, where I'm from. So like just hearing all the, just within your country, right? Or within your state, hearing all the different languages, it was, it was fascinating. It's so cool. Um, now, it's, obviously, you went to school here. It sounds like, obviously, you came yeah. here. How old were you? I went to college here. Uh, I moved to the States when I was 17. Okay. And so when you were at school at Hunter, did you have any internships? Did you start, like, when you were thinking about physics, math, not, neither? Listen, no. So, 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 um, first year <laughs> goes by. <laughs> first year goes fruit. by. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I First year goes by. Because you're not, you know, all of us from that are from here and that you just like know that's what you're supposed to do and then you do it and then you're like, am I doing the right things? And I just think it's so interesting to hear your perspective, right? You came here at that age. So your knowledge yeah. necessarily of it was just like what you were being taught at school. So like, you know, obviously I'm sure they were encouraging you to get an internship, but I'd love to hear kind of what happened there. Yeah, so... um so I did not, I did not do any internships while in, at college and for various reasons, first year, second year, I don't think I knew enough, right. Mm-hmm. To, to go out and step out and, and go look for internship. And then also because I was studying math, you're right. I had made that switch to study math and I was like, okay, so where am I going to intern? Like, what is exactly this applied math track? that I've picked. Am I going to go work in finance because I'm in New York? How will I be able to communicate? 
I, I wasn't empowered enough then, or I didn't know enough then how to translate my value and my skill set with my degree to the working world. And you were so, at a professionally linguist block. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You yes, weren't sure how to translate that skill. I to was, that. Did you have family here? Did you have a support network? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when I moved, I moved in with my cousin. So my, um, who, who lived in New York. So I lived with my cousin for about, um, a year plus and then moved out on my own with, with roommates. So there, there was some family here. And like I said, my mom would come summers to, to make sure I was okay. Um, and then a lot of my friends are also here. So a lot of us from Nigeria either moved um, to the States to go to school. So we had that network even in New York, outside of New York. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, back to the internship. So believe it or not, I was shy then. <laughs> I could not communicate clearly you know you would get into a room and you'd just be quiet you wouldn't speak up um i applied uh for an internship though um uh third year of school i did not get it it was like um a finance internship where they would place you in one of the big fours um mm -hmm. i didn't get it um then we're getting close to graduation there's still no internship in the bucket now added to the fact that i'm an international student and so i needed to find um, a company that would file for me, right? So there's that, yeah. there's that added pressure of you can't just finish school and stay home because if you finish school, the clock starts running. Where are you working or mm -hmm. you're, you're going to have to move back home? And so, um, but the reason why I didn't also get it is because I didn't interview well. I, like I was saying, I, I was just, I just did not come across well. Now I'm going to fast forward a little bit into the story because it's always hard for me to take a, to, to pause, but the game changer, I think for me landing my first job, I remember. Well, that was going to be our next question. It was like your That's actual first question. job. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So I'm just going to go straight into that. So here I am senior year, um, mm -hmm. getting close to graduation. It's May. I had been going on different interviews, exploring all options. And then um, I think I remember sitting down, it was like our computer lab and I was searching for jobs on New York times classifieds, right? This is before, oh, yeah. this is before indeed LinkedIn, none of That's those the things. Way you yeah. were. You at the back. That my, was dad, my dad who owns our company always used to say, you knew the economy was good or that the job market was good. If the, if the, when the you, section was thick and he would sit there and show me what to circle. And it was so yes. fun. Yes. Yes. And so, so I think I was looking at it and I saw this listing for a junior project architect at an architectural firm. Huh. Light bulb went off in my head. I was like, you know, I took technical drawing in high school. <laughs> and I was like, it would be interesting to work in this industry. You know, I kind of like mm -hmm. that stuff then. I only yeah. took it for like a term, but literally that was the trigger that memory was a trigger for me to saying, let me apply for this job. So then I applied and we're, you know, we're maybe like three weeks out to graduation. And I'm like, you know what, this is it. Uh, you have to go in there and you have to be true to yourself. You need to speak about what you've been doing the last five years. You need to speak about how that translates to work, speak about how, your, how math helps you think outside the box in terms of approaching problems, really communicate my value. And so, 
there was just a change. There was a change. I'm like, these people are not going to take my power from me. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to not have confidence in this degree that I've chosen to study. It is not easy. <laughs> you, you get what I mean, right? Like there's, I was like, I needed to be proud of the work that I had done. Um, so I went in there and um, as, as, as favor of luck, whatever you want to call it, will have it. The guy sitting across from me studied math when he was in school. And so he was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is a no brainer, you you know? And so we had such a good conversation, right? We, we, we vibed and jived very well. I was comfortable. I was, I was like, if it's meant to be, it'll be, I left. And then the next day um, I got my offer letter. So I literally graduated like May 31st and then June 1st, I started work. So so while I didn't have any internships then, I, I, again, I keep, I, when I talk to people or talk, you know, talk to seniors or people in college, I'm like, you gotta be confident in what you've set your heart to do. At least for what you know right now, have that confidence. It is such a, it's, it's a game changer. And of course, speak to your value. Like, sh like explain the things that you've done. Even if you've not had experience working in a field like me who didn't have an internship where I could say, well, I tackled this problem and, you know, this was how we resolved it. You're working on complex math pro problems, right? So you can tackle that and explain how you can bring value to the table. And you know, so I, love that. I love your story. I mean, one of the things we, you know, as you might obviously know about us, we run our day job is running a division of our mm -hmm. father's staffing firm. And we speak with new grads and seniors often. In fact, that's likely, you know, often that's our biggest kind of pool of, of candidates. And we're super passionate about that level. I mean, Marissa and I are both extremely involved in our alma maters, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we talk about so often with them is um, just having some sort of sense of value, like you said. And I think what's so important is that it's okay if you tripped and fell. It's okay if you didn't yeah. have an intention. It's okay as long as, A, you're open-minded. So here you were opening the times and just like hoping for the best. And the second is everything happens for a reason, which is very challenging for people to understand. And I say it in this yes. like ethereal, like, mystical way, but it's so true. You were meant to go on that interview and have a talking point with this hiring manager about math and something on your resume captured his attention. And that was what was meant to be your story. The one I our candidates all the time is just, you have to face that your story is already written and whatever yes. is meant to happen for you will happen. And if you're open-minded and you go on all the interviews and you have all the conversations and your resume is in the best shape it can possibly be in for the experience mm -hmm. that you have, it will happen. So that yeah. was a perfect example of like, here's somebody who we haven't even gotten there yet is one of, you know, is so successful in her career, has built a career in architecture design, which is where she kind of tripped into, mm -hmm. um, didn't have an internship and moved here at 17. Like that to me is so inspirational to these kids out there that are just feeling like they're kind of, you know, tripping and right. falling. And right now they might not be able to get an internship that this actually yes. is very, very timely, very timely um, to, to talk about. I will say I have always felt that I've built a career on basically putting people in the right place at the right time. Like I, mm -hmm. my putting people to work and staffing, I almost feel like I'm just, 
I'm I'm getting compensated, God willing. We're just like pushing people in the right direction. Being part of their fateful journey. So the the truth is, and I mean, granted, it is a business. I'm not going to say that it's not. I, of course, on paper, I'm I'm supposed to tell people that they need internships because it's true. But the reason in my heart, I don't talk about this that loud, out loud professionally, but in this moment, I absolutely will. In my heart, the more internships you have or the more connections that you have, the more your opportunity for you to knock elbows with somebody that was supposed to be on your path to get you to the next level is there. So in your particular case, I think you probably came at your resume was full enough. You're a 17-year-old girl living in a country that's not your own, having to navigate on your way. I'm happy to hear that you walked into it and you circled an ad, you went in and you bonded with the guy. And we always say, on resumes, there are certain things that you can leave on your resume that mm-hmm. could be interesting talking points. Because the truth is, is when you bond, that's the moment. That's the moment yes. where the interview yes. and the positivity and the confidence and when, when, when it yes. almost unlocks, it unlocks the next step of your future. So now you start. I truly there. believe what, that. What firm was that? Uh, so that was HLW International. So it's another, uh, you know, Another architectural firm. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I have my charger. Oh, that's, okay. that's, an, that's always I, another issue. I have, yes. I have a live podcast where I'm like, how to get down on the ground and re- redo the thing. So you do you. But yeah. I, while, while you're looking, yeah. um, I wanted to ask, like, how long were you there? How did you move up the ranks? Yes. Tell us a little bit about yes. that. So I was at HLW for um, five years, you know, and really and truly, I always say this. Um, that was my foundation, right? So I graduated in 2007, 2008 happens, right? Mm-hmm. And the financial crisis Ooh, So you got lucky getting in there right, right before. I got in right before. And unfortunately, you know, the folks who were, of course, more expensive than me <laughs> during mm-hmm. that time. So, and where my boss, my colleagues, they got let go. But yeah. what that did for me was that it created opportunity for me to step up, right? I could have mm-hmm. been there and said, oh, I'm just doing my job and, you know, but I saw a window of Again, you were in a little so bit of the right, right place at the right time, it sounds like. Right place, yeah. right time-ish in that weird, you know, situation. I mean, folks are going through that now, right? And, and it's mm-hmm. like, how do you find opportunity in the midst of, of, of feeling like you're sinking. Right. And so I had gone up, I had, I had made myself visible. I had made myself visible and I went and spoke to the CFO there and I was like, I think I can, you know, I think I can take on more. I am, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to put in the work and I did. Right. So there's also proof in the pudding. And when I needed help, I spoke with him. So I, I credit a lot of, um, a lot of my foundation and accounting within the, you know, the design industry to my time there. Um, so I spent five years I'm there. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I have a fast question. Cause I, we have this, we get this question a lot. How did you find the, you know, wherewithal the courage, if you will, to just like knock on the CFO's door? Like what, how did you make yourself visible? Like what were you doing tangibly? Like what advice would you have to like a young person that's like wants to feel more visible, but doesn't know how to actually like go do that. So, so I think, I think um, one of the issues that junior staff 
in general have is that they create this pillar or put, you know, the CFO or whoever, C-suite person or senior executive person on this high level where they feel like they can't reach out or they're untouchable or, you know, there's so much fear worked up into that conversation. And one of the things that I always tell people is that strip off the title, right? See me for Bola, see me for Marissa, see me for Jamie. And that will make the, you having that conversation a little bit easier with that person, right? And so I had already started building relationship with him um, the, the year prior. And I was like, this is my time. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is my time. So that fear to succeed, uh, sorry, the passion to succeed was just greater than my fear to remain stagnant. I was like, if I don't do something in this. I love that quote. To- Maris, get that quote. Maris, <laughs> marketing coordinator who likes to capture the good quote. That is an amazing quote. Yes. Your fear, your we're passion we're to speaking succeed. to the people listening. What was yes, it? Your passion yes. to succeed. What did I say? Weighed your fear of, what was it? Re- you just said something so good. My fear of remaining stagnant, right? Or that, my I love fear it. of staying stagnant, right? I just knew that, um, um, it was my time, right? And like yeah. I said, there was a. It's not like you weren't there for five years. Yeah. yeah. So, so re- yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, like so- a lot of people will make the mistake of asking for too much when they've only been there a year or two. Like in the grand scheme of things, five years as a, a relatively new grad, loyal in a company and learning and, and doing different things and managing your way and, and taking yeah. on for other people as other people were laid off. I mean, five years is a long time for a t- an early 20s. It's a long yeah. time. Yeah. But yes, it's still, yeah. you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm sure you get this all the time as a senior level executive, as do we. You know, I think you're right. I think there is, especially right now, one of the things that Marissa and I keep saying is that we're all stripped down, right? The titles are gone, especially right now. <laughs> we're all yes. at home with like our toddler on our lap or like trying mm-hmm. to prep a meal or like doing a bazillion things or, you know, trying to survive. So I think it's, if nothing else, this time has taught us that everyone's just the same. Okay. Like just because you're a few years above me in my career doesn't mean that you're not a human being that I can maybe ask a question. Um, So good for you for having that kind of, you know, innate intuition at such a young age. And obviously that is advice that we would give to anyone at any stage of their career to just like, you know, go in there and go for it. Did he become like a mentor to you to guide you toward your next step? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Complete, complete mentor. And, and so I, I think when I actually went in to resign, it was th- that, that resignation was tough for me. One, it was my first resignation. Two, I felt like, you know, he had invested a lot in me. Right. Which, I think we can yes, all remember our first resigna- resignation. Oh my goodness. <laughs> mine's, not appro- mine's not appropriate to share. Appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, um, it, it was tough, but you know, I for me, the reason why I moved on was because I, because I was in this sort of niche, right. Uh, an accounting in an architectural firm. I was like, I need to see how our accounting is done elsewhere. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, gain more experience. Maybe exactly what happened to me. one way. I started my career in recruitment. My old boss and mentor, mm-hmm. Mary Bath is hopefully listening. I resigned to her because I just needed to learn how HR and recruiting worked at a larger place and mm-hmm. like understand yes. it better so I could continue to learn. And it was a really challenging yeah. thing to do. I hear you. Same thing. Yeah. I, before we, before we talk about where you moved on next, you started as the junior project account, uh, uh, um, 
you started as a junior project, as a junior project accountant. Uh, accountant, oh, accountant. Yeah. accountant. Content. So even yes. though even though you didn't want to be an accountant like your mom, that's what happened, right? Listen, it is it is hilarious, and even <laughs> even in that moment, I was still convinced in myself. Yeah, no, I still am not like my mom. <laughs> but yes, I literally took her path. My mom did accounting in uh, in school and and did accounting in her career also, and so here I am, many you know many years after doing what I said I didn't want to do. Right? I did. I think I took one accounting class in college. And I was like, yep, nope, I'm not doing this. So all my training, everything I've done has literally been on the job, in the field. Like, mm-hmm. And then, of course, expanding, expanding my own self and learning things on my own, taking, um, you know, like taking courses, stuff like that, expanding my own knowledge on my own, um, but not from school, not from school. Uh, so I think we were going to move into, so, so then I left, I, I moved into like a bigger pond, right? So here at HLW, I was, um, I would use the term big fish in a smaller pond. And then you moved on to a small fish in a bigger pond. So mm-hmm. there you're moving from one to two accountants to eight, nine, 10 accountants. I moved on to SOM. SOM is a huge um, architectural firm. Uh, one of the big fours <clears throat> within in the industry. And I spent another five years there and SOM. I'm always grateful for my time there too, because it just showed me a different side of things. It's also where Mm -hmm. I had my two kids. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I luck, (laughs) you know, my, my kids are two on, they were two under two. And, um, that time then was, was great. Uh, Now I know what you meant by the twos. Got it. Yes. On your, oh. your Instagram. Oh, yeah, I see on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I call my. my yeah, I'm well, you, that's a fancier girl. way of calling it. Like, a, instead of calling it Irish twins, you use numbers instead. Uh, yes. And, but then also their names. So both their first names are with our T's. My husband is T also. And then our last name, Williams Ollie. So the twos. So my husband oh, is Tammy Williams Ollie. And ah. then I had two kids. And then I love two, that. I, we I, love I initials and monograms. I love that. I see numbers everywhere. So and then my son is born November 2nd. It's just it's just perfect. Perfect. Well, so that's where the two a, a Scorpio boy. Good luck with that. That's my best uh, friend's birthday. <laughs> it's my best friend's birthday and my mother-in-law's birthday. November 2nd's a good uh-huh. day. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's uh, so funny. I love should I move on? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then you, you were, you were at, at SOM, it looks like, for another, like, five years or so, correct? Yes, 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 well, obviously yes. Obviously, you're a tenured tenure type of girl, which I love. We love seeing resumes. Uh, not to say it's a bad thing to jump around, but especially, um, you know, in what we do for a living, we talk about tenure a lot. We talk about how to indicate your tenure and your and your different advancements in, in your career. And I think, obviously, it looks like you then went on Actually, you know what I thought was interesting? Did you leave um, for the same title? Did you make like a, did you go up? Yeah. So so at HLW, so I had that that entrepreneur movement up there Mm -hmm. too. So I went from junior project accountant to project accountant. And then I, when I moved to SOM and then I had, you know, I did some billing managing. I started managing some people at HLW before I moved on. And so at HLW, I moved over as a senior project accountant. Got so it. Okay. Now had, had some time and experience there. And then and you so, made a big um, jump. And then you made a big jump in your career when you left and went to I Nancy. made a double. Yes, I made a double. And you promotion. went to a, be a controller. So tell us about that move. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, um, y- you know, 
two kids under two, I could have very well been comfortable, mm-hmm. right, at, at SOM. And, and I will say that, that that comfort level was there because I was like, um, so really quickly, though, at SOM, I, I went back to school to get a second master's um, in education and policy. We'll talk about that later. But um, I was, I, I'm a lifelong learner and I always wanted to, you know, do something um, larger, long term um, for education in Nigeria. And I felt like it was important for me to go to school and have book knowledge and just really expose and open my eyes. And so when I was six months pregnant with my son, I started my second master's degree at NYU. So here I am with my huge belly chugging <laughs> every night in the fall of fall of 2014 2000 he was born 15 so fall of 2014 and so there were it, that time was interesting right so I had two kids I was doing a degree that was different than my current day job and so while, while I started feeling uneasy I was like you know what I maybe I should just add SOM finish out the degree have it in my back pocket don't start looking because how do you communicate that to a potential employer um, where you're looking to work in accounting and they're like, well, but why are you doing education? Are you going to hundred percent? It's understand what I mean. You it wouldn't translate. It doesn't translate. Yes. You would need to explain it. And then that would make you, you at risk for not getting the job. Exactly. And so, so, but, but the reason why I chose to do that degree now, and I'm so happy I did it then because there's no way I would be able to do it right now was for that mere fact that time waits for nobody, right? Like if there is something that you want to do, there is no better time than now. The folks who will be your right firm fit when you get that opportunity to, to you know, be in front of them. Well, one, the fact that they even see that on your resume to me is already interesting. If I was a person like, hey, I want to know more about this person, even if I don't yeah, hire like that them. That can like, be your talking what? point. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it, it was a talking point. So, so anyway, so... I wasn't necessarily looking then, um, but I got a, a call from uh, the IT manager who worked at HLW saying, um, listen, would you be interested in uh, speaking about a, a possible opportunity uh, to come over and run the accounting group at, a, at a, a firm? He didn't say the name, didn't say anything. I was like, yeah, you know what? Sure. Why not? And call and I don't, you know, Christian, who's our president at Mancini, and I worked together at HLW when I first started out. However, we didn't work together, right? So I was like, you know, junior project accountant. He was, uh, I believe, director of architecture. So our paths will cross, but you not- were in each other's web already. You were in yeah, each other's web, as we say, or orbit. By the way, I hate to interrupt you, but this in and of itself is like, this stuff drives me. People are like, yeah. like when I say like that, I, I get like turned on with career information. <laughs> so yeah. important to share that kind of light to others to say, every relationship you have, every conversation you have, here you are in one sentence said something, two things that we say all the time. One, you were networking the most when you needed it the least. You were not looking. You were gainfully Ooh, employed. That's a quote. That is one of our mantras. We that's don't a quote. <laughs> our business cards. We already love that one. Network most when you needed the least. You get a call. You're not looking, but somebody that you used to work with, who you like, is at a different mm-hmm. place. And you know what? Let me just have a conversation, right? And here you are with yes. two little kids, finishing a degree. The timing's not amazing, but you're like, let me just talk to them. 
That is a perfect example of just say yes, which is our other mantra, which is just say yes. You never know. You don't know. Yes. You just don't know. And then the thing that you said, which is so important to, to note, is that the relationships that you made, even on a very surface kind of bump elbows way in your first job, ended up kind of coming and catching up Ten to you. Years. Ten Ten years. Sure. Ten years. Ten years. So important for people to realize that those connections, you should be connected to those people on LinkedIn. You should be keeping in touch with them, even briefly, yep. how you doing, um, because you just never know when they might come back at you and look at you, a perfect example of that. I'm telling you, so if that, if, if I did not have that call, the traditional path that would have happened for me is the next, the next move would have been an assistant controller, right? Um, it's project, senior project accountant, assistant controller. You just don't go from, from not seeing firm finances to all of a sudden seeing firm finances if there is no connection, right? If there isn't somebody who trusts you enough to give you that opportunity, and so, you know, um, Christian and I go to have lunch, right? So it's not an interview, it's a lunch. And I, again, I also treasure that because that means you see me, even though I'm like, you know, levels, be- levels in terms of work levels below you, you see me as um, someone, um, someone, you value me enough to like, say, I'm going to take you to lunch and let's just go talk about it. So Mm -hmm. that already, you you get what I mean? That already, like, whatever Mm -hmm. fears um, I had, that already kind of eased it. And then I remember I spoke with my husband. I was like, how am I going to, like, do the firm side of things? I've only managed projects, right? I've only been privy to project accounting. I haven't seen, like, I haven't seen this stuff. Like, how How am I going to, like... company does their accounting. Yeah, yes. Oh, how am I going to cope with the two kids? Like, I had... questions we went into that lunch and every single thing that I brought up he was like and and so what okay okay you try it and then you succeed or you don't succeed but at least you gave it a shot and usually that's me so the fact that I was going to hear that from somebody else yeah 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 and so and I was like you know and then I think I was meant to have uh maybe I think I had some health health stuff going on. I was meant to have surgery. He was like, yeah, no problem. We'll talk after that. Take care of, you know, take care of everything. We will move on your time. And so April uh, 2017, yeah, so we're in 2020. April 2017, I moved over to Mancini as controller and ended up just like my mother because my mother's <laughs> last professional job before she left was a controller of um, a newspaper publication back in Nigeria. So we're both way, not in. Mm-hmm. You do not have to tell us. Marissa started in beauty. I started in PR. We both work for our dad. We get it. <laughs> did not expect to. In fact, if you had asked us if we would, we would have both been like, um, hell no. no. Um, yes. And here we are. We run, we together run one of his divisions and now have started this podcast talking about career which mm-hmm. and as you just saw we both are so passionate about career and yes. i think it came from our upbringing listen you yes. as you can't fight it it's in your genes it's in your blood it's in your genes it's it in your in genes your the genes. moment the you, moment you did that you, math and it came, it came to you yes. naturally and I, I and maybe the net net of this entire career conversation is just listen to your mother yeah, right. Just listen. Yes. 
Uh, I know what's up. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I'd love to shift gears a minute. Obviously, we know where you are now. And by the way, I just wanted yeah. to mention, I looked up Mancini Duffy because I had heard of it before and I couldn't remember why. And um, besides, of course, just, you know, hearing it through Lauren and, you know, and we've done some work in the past, in our past life and staffing and architecture design. We have a few clients in that space. And so maybe I tried to poach somebody one day. I don't know. <laughs> before and it turns out actually our new jersey headquarters are at bellworks which i think was one of their projects yeah yeah got it okay may have even been through our our relationship with bellworks because in addition to some of the work that we do here on our own we also have partnered with them which has been such a joy for the last several months we do um, a speaker series there called how it works um because by the way so you did you did that you did the um I believe I saw it. I went on and on the on the website. It was the the Guardian, the Guardian uh, offices, but also just the whole Bellworks planning. Yeah, the whole um, yes, originally it's fascinating. Which, yeah. the good news yeah. is there's plenty of place to be six feet apart there. Plenty. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and um, we just recently had actually a, an interview with Ralph Zucker, who is the um, the developer of Bellworks, as well as their design team, Paula and Brooke, who are good friends of ours. And we were just talking, you know, obviously I, I know you personally didn't design Bellworks, but they, mm-hmm. you know, I just wanted to mention that and highlight that because we're, you know, we talk about it almost every episode. It's thank God for Bellworks. It really has become right. our second home here in New Jersey. What a beautiful space. So, you know, kudos to the team there for their thank work you. on that building because, um, you know, we, we love it there and it's actually part of our kind of fabric at this point. We do a lot of work mm-hmm. with them. So just wanted to insert that, but I also obviously you, was on the list. What? Thank yeah. you, uh, yay, Thank you, yay, to the team. Uh, so tell yeah. us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about a day to day at Mancini. Tell us what you're doing now, um, or what your career is like now. I know, I know, you've gone from controller to to uh, a very fancy yeah. house. All snaps and claps for you. Tell us about yeah, your day to day, your projects, and then of course, if you if you want, insert a little bit about what that looks like right now as we are all at home. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to hear yes. that. And I'd also love to just hear how some of those other side hustles um, were, you know, webbed into your your path. But for now, I'd love to just hear quickly, yeah. you know, what your day looks like now. Yeah, so um, again, fancy title CFO, which is Chief Financial Officer, which means I need to make sure our business is profitable, right? So we are doing great design at profit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I need to I, I essentially take care of the money. But aside the money aspect, you know, I have an amazing team that that helps with, you know, the, the typical accounting stuff, right? So working with our clients, invoicing our clients for the work, you know, the work that we do, going after collections, forming relationships with the right people, because again, People pay people, they don't pay paper, right? When you send your invoice out. And if you don't have the right relationships in place, um, it's difficult well, to follow up on things well. like that. Yes, for yes, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, there's the regular accounting month process. But aside that, because of my role position and also being part owner of the firm, it's working on our strategic initiatives. Like myself, Christian, Bill, and Scott, you know, this is now our time, right? So we, I officially joined as part owner last year. They've been owners maybe um, a couple years now. 
And so what exactly is the legacy that we want to live, um, li- live uh, during our time at Mancini? What do we want to be known for? What do we want to be known for in the industry, right? And so when you come into MD... Um, I'm sorry to interrupt it you. Looks- it, was, it was founded in 1915, Marissa. I just went yes, on their yes. website. It's 100 years yeah. old, this company. It's amazing. Yes, yes. Fascinating. I so love we it. Thought 40, shout out to my dad. We thought 46 years was a long time to be in business. <laughs> it, it is, but 105 years is pretty impressive. It's very impressive, but think about it like it being our year zero, right? Our year one, where, where we are almost, we, we, we take a startup mentality to this, to this historic rich firm, right? So there's, there's lots of relationships, client relationships that have been built that we are now um, strengthening as well as diversifying the, the, our client portfolio, identifying the kinds of clients we want to work with. Um, really doing a lot of work in tech, right? Like how can we use technology to push design? And so when you walk into the office, you see our design lab, which is our, you know, like our research and development area. But these guys have used um, a gaming system to develop um, application to help our day-to-day work. Sorry, one second. Shala, are you Okay water for you and your sister oh so sweet thank you <laughs> thank you oh i am downstairs in the, the the living room um and so you know a typical day one of course is thinking about the things that are happening in the lab making decisions that will affect how the firm is moving forward um uh, strengthening our relationships with our clients. And so for me, I, I, I would, I, I, I want to get to know who is working on the projects. Like I just don't want my team sitting there, like just issuing bills, like actually have an interest in this building that that you're billing for. So for example, you know, we're doing a building, um, we're doing some work in Times Square and it's like, what, where are you in that project? What can I learn more about it? Can I go on site? Like, this is how curious I was. This is how I moved up in my, in all the different firms that I worked at, at SOM. Right, you weren't I just worked, trying, you just weren't just worrying, worrying about the bills. You wanted to actually be involved no, in the process. I actually, I yes, I'm not drawing, I'm not doing anything, but I will ask you questions. That's also how you learn when projects are running into issues or not, right? And so, if I know a bit more about how your project is, is, is or what stage your project it's in, I can see if it jives with what it's telling me on the numbers. And I can either quickly flag you and say, hey, you're about to run into an issue or, hey, you're doing really well. What are you doing on here? How can we replicate that on other projects? And so it's, it's doing a lot of analysis. It's, um, you know, working with our partners. It's doing HR stuff. It can, it can go from anything to like the serious stuff. You, you get what I mean? I love, I love that. that. I love, that. Yeah. I love how you immerse yourself. Yeah, and it speaks so oh, naturally. I'm in the lab. I was going to say, it speaks so naturally, it sounds like, to your skill set, which is kind of this Jill of all trades. It's kind of who you've always been. You know, you were yes. started as somebody who was interested in language to somebody who was interested in numbers to somebody who was interested in helping others. You said at one point when you wanted to yes. be a doctor. So here you are 
yes, your day job, your title, your the bullets on your resume are financial. Yes. But you are a leader first and foremost. You are a communicator. Yeah a connector, a mentor. And so no wonder these, you know, partners of yours allowed you or encouraged you or invited you to become a part owner because being a CFO is like as most smaller firms ish, you know, um, the CFO is oftentimes the CEO, the CHRO, the, you know, the the COO. I mean, that's like my dad, you know, our dad Mm -hmm. is the president, but he's really the CFO and the head of HR. And and we're about the same size as you. So I understand that concept of being kind of, and we, Marissa and I are in that way too. I also like to, I'd I'd like to give a shout out for you for all financial people that actually have a creative and empathic soul, right? So just because you're a numbers person doesn't mean you have to be just a numbers person. I'm coming back to you in Nigeria when you were picking, when they put you in the science track, when truth is you probably would flourish in the art track too. You know, when you, when you're a little bit of both, it's hard to balance all that stuff. And if you really shine as a numbers person and you're able to work in an organization where you can use those other pieces of your brain and soul, I mean, that's a true compliment to the brand that you work for. So another way to go for Mancini that you're able to use all of your pieces and truthfully, we're all coming to work now, whatever coming to work looks like as our whole self, right? So if you're able to bring your whole self and there's a place for it, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And actually, um, that's, a, that's a great segue to find it, kind of ask you, you know, how has it been adjusting? Like, wh- how is your, you know, day different? How are you staying in touch with your team? Give us a little bit of an update on how that big, fancy title, new job in the last several years has translated to this time that we're in now. Right. Yeah. So, well, right now, like you said, we are everything <laughs> and everything is, is, is all merged, right? We are working from home. We are schooling from home and you are just trying to survive during a mm-hmm. pandemic, right? We are actually still, even though the cases are going down, we're still in this situation. And so for us, um, my team, so prior to, again, a lot of the foundational things that we had in place has helped us sort of thrive now and not necessarily always have to look for a new way. Uh, my team and I always connected every day for 10 minutes. We have a, a touch point huddle every day for 10 minutes that we continued on today. So now this is now like my internal accounting team. So they meet, even if I can get on because they know, like I have maybe one child pulling me here, another child pulling me there. Um, they meet and are in touch every single day. And I think it's, it's just been a great way for us to stay connected. Uh, now, when we speak to the whole firm, um, what we had done, um, was uh, we, we have like two touch point firm wide calls and it's just to chill. Firm wide Zoom calls, we have that too. Work, yep. right? It's just to chill and, and stay connected and see each other because similar to you guys, we, we, we are a family, like we feel that way. And so, um, you know, being not, uh, not seeing everyone every day was, you know, a big adjustment for everyone. And, and so, We've tried to do that to, to just um, see everyone and make everyone feel good. If you, you can call in, you don't have to have your camera on, right? We're all zoomed out from having meetings 
from morning to night on Zoom. We're all Zoomed out, just calling and, 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 and touch base. So those are like the two main ways that we, we've pretty much stayed in touch. Of course, everyone is still calling on the phone. It's still not the same as being in the physical space and like, you know, jiving with people like you usually would. Um, but um, I think so far, so far, so good. We've done well. We've also been very transparent with them. Like for me, for example, when we're doing this touchpoint calls, I'm like, listen, guys, today I was a full-time mom today. I got zero work done. And I, I really feel like it's important that we stress that you also show that side to your employees and, and, and teammates as a, lead, as, as a leader in this time that it's not always going to be perfect. Not every day are we going to be like, yes, I got, you know, I, I, I got all my reports out and I got things done and I spoke to all the clients and I, it's not going to be like that every day. And when they are able to see that, then that gives them, like you, that, like you say, that gives them grace to take it easy on themselves. Yeah. You get what I mean? To take it easy on themselves. And so I was like, I, I was like, we had like 50, 11 homework we needed to catch up on. And I just, this is not a day. This was not a day to juggle. I needed to focus solely on my kids. And so it's taking it one day at a time. And then, you know, um, figuring out how you navigate through the day and just making it through that day. Well, obviously you were well equipped equipped for balance and juggling. So um, tell us a little bit briefly, if you don't mind, before we kind of go into the, our final questions, I wanted to understand some of your side hustles, how they came to be, why you decided to do them. Give a little shout out to those besides, of course, you mentioned them at the beginning. And one, yes, of them, yes. and one of them is industry related, which was, you know, and I, I, for mindful of time, as I know you have two little ones that are waiting for you, I'm going to, I'm going to abridge. I know the secret's mm-hmm. out. We, we go over the questions a little bit in advance, but we're still, <laughs> right? I'm going to abridge some yeah. of them because we've covered some, but I do, mm-hmm. I do think, you know, how you stay engaged with your industry and you are in a niche industry that's extremely important. I mean, and, and we'll certainly be, um, everyone will be looking to people Mm -hmm. uh, like you all to help guide as we go back to work or a new normal, which I I promised myself I wasn't going to say those words and oops, they came out of my mouth. New normal. We got to come up with new language. We need linguistics. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you stay engaged with the industry and, and your nonprofits or your, your, your focus on nonprofit. Yeah. So, um, I think for me, like honestly speaking, for me, the first six or seven weeks of, the, of this whole experience, my full focus was making sure the firm survived, right? Um, I actually had to tone down. And what I mean by tone down is usually we're able to operate all the different things. They all were running in their different lanes prior to this, but I'm, I'm sure you guys experienced this too. At least for me, I was like, okay, I have my social media manager who's handling one of the accounts. I had, you know, I have, she builds waves and I posted when I could post, but I took off pressure those mm-hmm. first six weeks till, till things were, um, and just know, to focus fully, on Mancini and mm-hmm. just to focus on Mancini those first six weeks. And so once things were, it, it employees and made sure that things were running a little bit more smoother then I had mental the mental capacity to start 
thinking about giving back. And this is something like, you know, you mentioned this, like struggling with, do I rest on this? So, you know, I had, I struggled a lot with, do I rest on She Builds Waves, which is supposed to be empowering women, but I had to understand that this is not a normal situation, you know? And so once, once we're able to get through that, then I actually asked for help. I had um, someone, uh, one of my, one of a friend of mine who works in the industry had asked, I was like, listen, I'm really thinking about ways that, you know, now that I'm in a better mental space, um, I want to start, you know, getting people thinking about how to return to work, how to be visible in, in, in this period, what do you need to do? Like, let's start getting content back. And that's how I've always actually, that's my secret <laughs> in terms of writing multiple things. It's understanding when to ask for help and mm-hmm. putting the right structure in place, right? Putting the right structure in place, then that allows you explore all the different things that you need to do. And so now I have somebody who's also like, you know, sharing the weight of coming up with content for She Builds Waves. And, you know, so, so let, let me quickly go back. She Builds Waves, I created it because I wanted, um, when I was coming up, I didn't feel like, uh, especially um, as an accountant within the industry, I didn't feel see space for people like us, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the organizations that, um, exists right now. Powerful organizations focus on the technical staff, right? They are either focusing on the designers or the architects, but what about like the accountant, the HR person, the, you know, the, the woman who has been in, 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 in this role for 20 years, like who is watching out for her career or where's the space for her to feel seen and to also speak about her entrepreneurial track. Within the so industry, her, an right? architectural so, guru who's not actually an architect. Yes, right? It so, sounds very similar. I'm sure this is probably why Carrie and Lauren thought of us too, is, is similar to what we're building currently, which we're calling the yeah. Dreamcatcher's Web, which we were building anyway, um, mm-hmm. just over the course of the years, having conversations with folks like you, um, meeting folks like Carrie, talking to new grads, here we were with all of these people that needed help and advice that di- mm-hmm. didn't necessarily fall into certain categories, right? They yes. weren't, they weren't an entrepreneur. They weren't um, um, a mom returning to work. There's so many organizations focusing on so many different layers, like you said, and you saw a need for this area of your industry that didn't have a home. I love it. Yes. Similar to what we were trying to build right now and, and what we're building because I think yeah. that you're hundred percent right. People want connection and they, they desire a place or a home to do that. And yeah. I love that you created that for them. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's for any badass woman <laughs> within the industry who just wants to have an honest conversation about showing up as her authentic self Meaning mm-hmm. when I say authentic self, you know, you're, you're true to who you are and you're not afraid to, ex, you know, you're a multi-hyphenate. You're not a, afraid to bring that to this, to your workspace. And how do you incorporate that um, so that it's seen as a positive? It seems like you are a unicorn. If you're able mm-hmm. to do, <laughs> if you're able to do all these things and still show up, at, at work, it just, and feel like your employers accept you for that. It just makes you a better employee. It's like they totally actually agree. value, you understand what I mean? Yeah. Um, they actually value everything else that you're interested in. And yeah, that's and the I think culture that, that was, some of the big mm-hmm. firms, I'm sure you had this at SOM is like, 
you know, are they have business resource groups. They have kind of clubs within the organization because they're mm-hmm. so big that they have these opportunities for connection. Um, like when I was working for CNN, we had a lot of these inter- internal groups, you know, like you name it, you could be part of this little club mm-hmm. to connect with others. But if you work for a smaller firm or you want to connect with people mm-hmm. that are not necessarily inside your four walls, where yes. do you get to do that? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I will say like, so when I started, like there are lots of other small organizations too, and they just like supported the, the efforts that I was trying to do. So we all support each other. Because each other. Yeah. You, you, you understand what I mean? Um, and so it's, it, it pains me now that we're in this situation where we can't meet and have these conversations in person. I really miss that connection. Um, Mm -hmm. So last year we had four events. And so it's really like thinking of the pivot, right? So how do I pivot this conversation and not lose out on the momentum that we built last year? I really feel like it's important to still hold that space um, Mm -hmm. for women to have that conversation. And so we, we do something called the weekly chats where we've now planned, you know, different topics, motherhood, like things that would not necessarily be, be covered or touched in your work office or workspace, or you've never felt comfortable enough to speak on, um, let's start to talk about these things and how they, how they can only just propel you forward in your career. So that's great. So you have, you have that, you have that piece of you up and running and you've leaned on a a partner in crime to help you and you're you're putting forward content and you're doing chats. So you're back. Yeah. So we're back. We're back in business. Love it. Um, (laughs) Okay. What about, and what about your, um, your, your uh, other business or your other organization that, that, uh, that focuses on the children in Nigeria? Yeah. So last year, And I, I, maybe this is another. I, I feel like we could be speaking here forever and ever. But I know. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to not give all of your babies a place. A place on the sandbox. Thank you so much. Um, so maybe like years ago or three years ago, I remember this was on my goal list. Like my goal was to build either build or refurbish a, an existing school space to create better, better learning environments for these, for the children. And, um, five years ago I had done my very first school project, um, for a local community community called Makoko. Makoko is on water, um, in Lagos, but their, you know, their children, I mean, their children are amazing. They grow up, they, they're expert swimmers, but, you know, they don't have good education. So I'd done my very first project there. And randomly, or not, uh, last September, um, the, pr- the principal of the school had reached out to me, letting me know that the, the, the building was sinking. And so I was like, okay, we're going to build a new school. I had no idea where <laughs> the funds will come from, uh, but I was like, this has been on my goal list for the, for the last three years. And so the reason why I say I, I make that important um, distinction is that sometimes people write things on their, you know, you start the year out, you write things, but you don't see it accomplished. And then what happens if you don't accomplish it in that year? Does that mean that's the end of the dream or do you, or will it come back later? And mm-hmm. so I, it, it was just always in the back of my mind. And last year, some way, somehow, before the end of 2019, um, we had our school built. Um, and so the students almost started going back and then COVID happened. <laughs> oh, 
god! Well, and I and guess you COVID. haven't gotten to. And I'm guessing you haven't gotten to visit it. But that's no, okay. No, it's You'll completely visit okay. And they'll go back. I'll visit and don't go back. But however, we had to pivot there. And so, and, and even this conversation happens here, right? So for children in low-income communities who do not have access to data, who don't have a laptop, how do you then help those children get some sort of education during this period? And so I'd been thinking about, um, you know, the, the, our kids at the school, um, how can we access uh, how can we help them in this time? You know, the first couple of weeks, they had no connection to school, nothing. There were lots of virtual programs popping up. And then I got the idea. I, I saw a post about a radio school. And I was like, radios are, so, so they're actually, the state is actually broadcasting lessons for different, you know, grades through the radio. And so my fundraiser was, you know, was let's not only just give them food, Let's also give them a means to learn. So we raised money to um, buy radios for every single child, you know, and um, also give them food, right? Because for them, it's not just about school, but they're also hungry. Their parents, you know, their, their source of income, their parents are most likely daily earners. They don't, they don't have the opportunity to go to a job where they're getting, they know for sure they're going to get paid in two weeks. They earn daily. And so we gave our kids food. We made, we made masks for them so that they're also protected, right? So that's touching health, that's touching um, their, their nutrition, and then also tr touching their education. And so for the last, so this past week, we've been training their parents because their parents are also not educated, right? So we have to train them how to use their radios so that um, they can now start streaming the lessons for the kids. So it's, again, it's a bunch of pivots, right? But think about that even in the States, right? There are kids in the States who don't have um, computers, who don't have data, who don't have anything. And for the last three but months. The problem is, is, is as real on our soil as it is elsewhere. It's as real, right? I, I think that was really the big issue with, with closing schools initially, right? Because they were afraid that the, the children who, who got their daily meals from the school will not be able to get it. So they had right. to think of a pivot that way, right? And creating the, the collection centers so their parents at least could get, the, get their meals. So this, these problems show up here, back there, all in different ways and different magnitudes. And it's, it's thinking about how can I think past just my own individual problems? It, it's just my disposition. I've always just been that way, um, very super, super passionate about community, right? Like that's why I have all these different communities and giving back. And so that she builds life. So once we, once we do that and once school opens, we'll continue on. But the school's pretty much done. I'm excited. I'll show you guys some pictures. And Please, then when excited, you know what? We'll, because when we're done, we will, we will also put all of your places in our, in, we will put all of your businesses and hats thank you. somewhere oh, thank you. And, and direct traffic uh, from our audience to your organizations in case, I, I, I don't know how many people would, that work in architecture that would want to be part of um, uh, your, 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 your community for those gurus. But I think many of our fashion and media executives could want to be able to pay attention to what you're doing for the kids in those schools. I think it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm honored Thank to you. be listening. I'm chills head to toe. And I, I want to, I want to sum up now with our finishing questions. And by saying, when you do so much inspiring stuff, right? Like, I don't know when you're sleeping. I'm guessing you're sleeping from two 30 in the morning. till like three 15. 
But no, I sleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You're probably not, then you're, you're not reading you're or watching, not watching any, any shows or reading any books, though. No. No, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. So. Okay. You're getting, <laughs> in your, you're getting in your content somehow. Uh, what, yeah. what, what do you do to stay inspired yourself? Like, how, what do you do for you so that you can, yeah. what's your oxygen mask? So my oxygen mask, as you guys might have also maybe seen, is working out, right? And it's, it's, it's so important um, to give to yourself first. And for me, I'm a morning person, so I wake up dumb early. <laughs> and um, I'm also, you know, I'm also a Christian. And so I do a lot of morning devotion, silent time before all the noise and not just noise from my home, but from work, from, you know, mm -hmm. everyone who you might have to give things to. Maybe noise is not a good word, but you guys get what I mean. Before, One of my favorite words. We yeah. use that word often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, my typical morning will, will be me waking up. Um, you know, either doing one of my devotionals, if I'm feeling anxious or whatever, I'm reading something that helps with that. Um, and then, and then fortunately, you know, my husband uh, set up our gym and our garage. So I don't have to go to the gym. The gym is downstairs. I go downstairs and I work out. Um, and so that for me, carving out that piece is vital to just staying sane. And that also, you know, I, I was saying it to my husband, even during this COVID period, I was like, um, when I work out in the mornings, just the fact that I've accomplished one thing, yep. if the whole day doesn't mm -hmm. go as smoothly, right? I'm chasing one my thing daughter. To, off. At least mm -hmm. that one thing just makes me a bit more patient. You know, I'm not as on edge. I'm not as, and I, and I understand that it might not happen every day, but the days that it does happen, you know, where I'm able to do a workout uninterrupted, um, I cherish them. And so, you, you know, so, so, so that's one of the ways that, um, I, I give to myself. Um, I, I also, my, also, my other creative outlet, like I said, again, is parties. <laughs> I like to create stuff. And so, you know, I enjoy like planning and planning um, my daughter's kindergarten graduation with her, the anticipation. That's my outlet too. Um, so, so doing things like that are fun for me, right? Or going on family vacation where it's just the four of us, pick up and go. So we were fortunate to get a trip to Antigua in February just before all of this happened. And so at least we had that in the in for the kids and for my husband and for myself. And so, you know, like that's, that's my way. I also like coffee, ice cream. So that's my other way. Too. Oh my God, me too. Ice cream. That's our favorite. My favorite no is coffee. No one says that. Oh, that's really? That's hilarious. Wait, yes. so now I, I have a lot of things I need to ask. Okay. So now, first of all, were you, are you based on the New Jersey office or the New York office? No, when, New when, York office. Okay. New York office. Yeah. And you, and you, you, do you live in, in the city or no? I live in Jersey. Garage. You oh, live you in Jersey. Oh, you live in Jersey. girl like us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Where, where in Jersey are you? I'm in Rawway. Okay. Okay. So closer to, closer to the city than us. I would, I was, yeah. I was asking, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure if, where I could put a coffee ice cream segue there. Um, I don't know where <laughs> that is. There, there is a, wait, is that by Rutgers? No, 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 okay. no. Never mind. So Rawway is like, um, you know, by, by uh, Clark, Westfield, 
uh, union. Oh, okay. Got yes, it. Got area. it. Oh, Marissa was yeah. about to shout out Thomas Sweets. That's I what was. she was about to say. I was because the only uh, which is an amazing like, ice cream place. It, uh-huh. The only other flavor that I love, other than coffee ice cream, is this um, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, which is not the taste of the ice cream is chocolate uh-huh. chip cookie dough and they have it at this place called Cream. It doesn't Easter. have cookie dough in it. It's just the actual yeah. flavor tastes like cookie dough. Oh, it's so then so that means good. I would... And it's the only oh, thing that rivals coffee in life. So it would be yes. worth me sharing. Anyways, so speaking of, um, now that I know you're a Jersey girl, we talked about what inspires you. I'm very excited out of all the things that you said that you're a coffee ice cream lover. Yes, that's the best. Have, <laughs> do, I'm going to ask you two more things, okay? No pressure. Uh-huh. Do you have a mantra and hold on, in case, in case you want to close with that, is there any place local or any business that you'd like to shout out right now that's made your life and your kid's life or your family's life better, enriched? I'm a big believer, Jamie and I are big believers in, sh- in, in showcasing or bullhorning mm-hmm. anybody that's doing a good job right now. And if there's anybody yes. you want to shout out, share. Yeah, yeah. So my mantra is just do it. <laughs> what else? Did you come up with that on your own? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. We won't tell. We won't tell them. It's fine. Don't it's so them. good. You're right. It really is Listen. so good. Whatever it like, we just don't know tomorrow, right? And whatever it is you want to explore, just do it because I feel like when you don't then you like that's why I do so many things at least when you try so many things or when you try things um you get to know what you like and you can do more of that or you get Mm -hmm. to say okay this is not really in my wheelbarrow I should leave it for other people or you see okay maybe I don't want to do that but I want to invest in it right there's just so many things so many things you can learn from just doing it and also if you want to do just one thing that's fine. It's okay. I feel like sometimes people look at people like us yep. and maybe, you know, rather yep. than take inspiration, right. they feel pressured. And no, Pressure. not everybody is built that way, right? We yep. can probably handle multiple things at the same time. Maybe we process things faster. We make, we execute faster, right? We make decisions faster, um, but not everybody is built that way. So whatever your mm-hmm. lane is, just stay there and enjoy it and, and give it your best shot. So I know that's yeah, what I'm yeah, like- agree. I think that's really good advice. And I think people often say to me, as I'm sure they do to you, like, I don't know how you do it all. Like, yeah, you must be insane. Do you sleep like similar to what we just said to you? And it's so mm-hmm. funny because we are those people and we still say it. And I think exactly what you just said, choose your lane and stay there. So for me personally, my lane has multiple highways, right? I have a multi-lane highway going on, like five lanes of a highway, but I'm still in my one lane of just doing all those things and progressing them forward. But if your lane only has, or if your highway only has one lane, you're just a side, you're a side street. I like this analogy, by the way, you're a side street. Mm -hmm. Just stay in your lane and do it well and, and do it, you know, with a hundred percent. Well, there's yeah. always a reason yeah. for a side street, right? Sometimes you just need to get off the highway. Totally. Yes. I mean, we can yep. take this analogy as far as it goes. I like this analogy. Far. Sometimes, sometimes you have to have a detour. Sometimes you have yes. to close a lane because the lane yes. is busy. Um, yes. But no, I a hundred percent agree with you. Just do it as a really good mantra. I like it, it is a lot. important. Yeah. It is important to invoke 
invoke grace, you know, even for, for those of us that, you know, do a lot of things and you're not, maybe I'm not managing it as well as I normally mm -hmm. would to hear from mm -hmm. someone else saying, by the way, it's okay. Like, you know, I need yeah. to hear that too, you know, yes. or say to somebody well, asking for not, help. I think asking yes, for help that, is such a good message. A brilliant thing we, for you we, to say. That's my tragic thought. We ourselves just asked for additional help this week professionally. Oh, that's great. Um, and it was something that we needed and we've been putting off and I'm so happy that we did because you get to a point where you can't do it all. You just can't. And no. if you and this moment in time has taught us all that, um, that we have to make sacrifices and changes and pivots mm -hmm. and watching other companies and people doing it too is very humanizing and inspirational yeah. to us. Um, speaking of, did you have a place or a company or a, something that you want yes. to Yes. Yes, I'm Yes, I'm going to shout out a couple of my favorite um online folks. One, um I have a, a a girlfriend who runs Grace to Parent. Her handle is at Grace to Parent and she helps parent parents, you know, um live in grace right while you're parenting like don't be so hard on yourself um oh my god i love that and I'm she's, going to it now. she's yeah and the reason why i wanted to highlight her especially in this period right it just says it in her name right so take it easy on yourself it's you're not going to have it perfect all the time and she gives like great ideas tips she's doing she has a free no shout parenting challenge <clears throat> 21 <laughs> days <laughs> She I helped failed her. Today. Can we can we start tomorrow? Today I already failed. <laughs> yes, we failed. Um, I tell her I'm like Remy. I don't I don't know how you do it, but you know that's why I go to her page because the moment where things are about to go left, I'm like, let me check Remy's page. Maybe she's posted something that will help tone down my 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 anxiety level, my frustration level. Um, I also wanted to shout out um, Perfect, um, my girlfriend. K.O. the curator. She is a um, lawyer for passion field businesses. So if you guys are, you know, looking for a lawyer for dream catches, she will help get your contracts in, in, in place. She runs a wedding, um, well, sorry, a lifestyle publication called Perfect. So it started as a wedding publication and then she grew with her audience, right? So she used to, she used to document when she was getting married, but then now she has it, her son who is amazing. And, but she felt like, you know, journey, her journey had grown and her audience had also grown up, right? Her mm -hmm. audience was no longer maybe the bride. So she still does um, wedding stuff, but she has now incorporated um, lifestyle, you know, family capturing the life's perfect moments. And so for her, I, I love going on her page and everything that she's doing, not just with the publication, but even as a lawyer, that was her pivot. She's helped a lot of creatives in this season um, to, you know, the whole uh, movement of uh, postpone, not cancel, right? If you had yeah. events or things that are going to happen now, just helping them navigate through this period. So please check her out at KO The Curator. So those are my two recommendations. I absolutely will. I will. I yeah. love that. I, you're, now, you're, such, you're such a rock star. I love, love, love talking to you. Me too. I really oh, you same here. We'll talk more. But to be mindful of time, we'll wrap up with our favorite last question. So just to shout out Carrie one more time, because we love her. At the, end of her at the end of her podcast, she always asks, if you were a rock song, what would you be? And we don't have to ask you that one because we didn't prep you with that one, although it's a good question. 
Um, it is such a good question. It inspired us actually to come up with our version of that. We have a mm-hmm. couple, but we'll just ask you one because I think it's very timely right now. Our favorite, one of our favorites is talking about travel. Obviously it sounds like you love to travel and go away with your family. And being that we're all in this space of time right now where we can't go anywhere, um, mm. is there, we usually ask, is there somewhere that you would love to A, travel alone, B, travel with a partner? I think we lost Marissa. And yeah. C, travel with your best friend. We lost you for a second, Marissa. Sorry, my phone rang and we forgot that I was on my phone this whole time. Whoops. Right. <laughs> so where would you go? Where would you go alone with your husband? And then with your best, or with your family, and then with your best yeah. friend. If you could go anywhere so, in the world. If I could go anywhere in the world alone today, it would be uh, actually to somewhere in Europe, like Italy, somewhere to go see beautiful structures of Paris. My husband never wants to go because of the kids' ages right now. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> he's like, we're not going anywhere where we need to walk everywhere. So I would do that alone, just go yeah. get lost in a, in a city, in a European city. Um, if I was going somewhere with my fa- oh, with my partner, we would be going to the U.S. Uh, Virgin Islands. There, yeah, is, is that There's a Kimpton I want to stay at. And I feel like it's, it's the one there. Um, so, yes, mm-hmm. we would be on an island adults only no kids <laughs> mm-hmm. and then with my best friend we want to we we want to go so my best friend her name is nosa shout out to nosa we've been best friends since we were 10 um we ended up at hunter college together not planned that's a story oh for my another gosh day. i love that from nigeria <laughs> um, and i think we wanted to um explore asia we want to take a really long, either like to Asia, somewhere in Asia or Australia. Like we want to go really far and go explore somewhere where our husbands and our kids are not going to go with us. I want to, you know, it sounds great. I'm in. I want to go really far. I'm in. Room for us. <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go. By the way, I'll go with you. I your story is so inspirational and I, I really thank you for taking the time with oh, us today. No I know that you do a lot of talks and I don't know the last time admittedly that you actually spent this amount of time talking about your own career and how you got to where you are. Cause often I'm guessing you talk about specific topics or to an audience about something in your industry, but to yeah. actually spend time talking about your own upbringing, I think is really, there's something it's, healing about it. it and healing. Yeah. Um, to see I, I how appreciate it. And I, I love listening to it. And I, it was such an awesome way to spend my afternoon, morning, middle day, whatever time it is. Um, whatever, whatever it is. It's all uh, the same time and it's all the all same day. Yes. I, I, I do want to shout out one quick thing before we wrap. Did you buy, do you have Apple TV? Yes, we do. Did you watch Little America? No, no, I haven't. Oh my God. Should I check you it must, out? You must watch it. So it is about, okay. I think it's an eight episode arc of, and it was one of the things we watched at the very beginning of all of this. And it was, uh-huh. I still like think about it every day. I almost like want to rewatch it. Eight episode series of immigrants, real stories of people who came to this country mm-hmm. to do something amazing. And it follows their story from their original, you know, their origin story of where mm-hmm. they were from and how they came here. And there's one in particular, a man from Nigeria, that was just like this amazing story that you would probably love that particular episode and how he created a life for himself in Texas. 
with no family or friends around him. And then there's yeah. seven other amazing episodes, but it's such an awesome, um, sto- like just look into somebody mm-hmm. like yourself that came here you know, yeah, later in life, right. At 17 years old and created this whole life for herself. That's completely unrelated to what she did for the first 17 years of her life. So, so right. Let, ladies, think about this. I am, I'm a Nigerian, I'm also an American citizen, but I'm, I'm a Nigerian woman. I'm a black woman who is um, part owner in a historic firm in America, right? That wasn't built by me. It wasn't given to me. I, I worked, I literally worked my way up. So it's something I'm truly proud of. And I just realized my name on this Zoom has been my husband's name, uh, my son's name the whole time. But it's something I'm truly proud of. It's such a huge accomplishment for me when I think about it, that I have this, you know, I, I worked, I, I worked my ass off. You worked <laughs> your I, ass off. I, I and worked you are my an ass inspiration, off. You're an inspiration yeah. to anyone, not just somebody that moved here, but anyone no. in their careers. Yeah. The things that you've said today, you know, from from not having internships all the way to what we just talked about and, now. And you know what? And you know what? It's nice to hear a good story. It's nice yeah. to hear your story. It's nice to, and by the way, it wasn't easy. It's not like what you had was easy. Yeah. You earned it. You earned your strikes. Yes. You worked your way up. You, you yes. listened to your gut instinct. You followed the signs. You, you, yes. you, you've done it. And, and you're yeah. true, true. You know, I think right now our country is hurting in so many mm-hmm. ways. But if mm-hmm. we can, if we can just professionally hug the word American dream, you're it. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, thank yeah, you, I, I, I thank you for that. giving me the opportunity to share. And, and, and I love it. it. I really, I really hope that people take the time um, to listen to this from beginning to end, because I think they could learn not only a lot about you, but a lot about themselves by taking a listen to you. And I'm really, really humbled to have been able to spend this time with you. And I also, I agree. I also would like to say that I'd like to be friends and do not take it oh, we are personally friends. if I try to take I, it up a notch. You, 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 are, you ladies are not out of my lives ever again. I, I'm, just, ever. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hiccup older than you, and I'm sure you can kick my butt on the Peloton, but I'm looking, uh, forward, to, I'm looking forward to taking this up. Yes, okay. we are hanging out. I love it. And, and I can't wait to meet you in person one day. And um, thank you for being flexible, obviously, just to, to, to know to our audience. Obviously, we were supposed to do this yesterday. We decided as a company to yeah. take a pause as the rest of the creative industry was taking that pause. So thank you for being flexible with your time and spending time with us today instead. Um, yes. And, just, and yes. just to wrap, is there anything else that we didn't ask that you wanted to say at any point during this that we didn't actually naturally come up? No, I think we had such a good conversation. I'm just, I'm just so glad. It's just refreshing to do this. So thank you, ladies. I really appreciate, I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Thank you you to Ming and to Share Universe for capturing all of this to our audience. And we will see you very soon, we hope. Okay, then. All right. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You too.